Hey listeners, this is Ben, and this is the second clip of the Fat Bike Berkey Weekend Special. In it, I talk with Tim Swift. He is one of the owners over at Riverbrook Bike and Ski. It is a bike shop that you will find when you are coming from the south to the Fat Bike Berkey. It is at the corner of Highway 63 and Main Street in Hayward, Wisconsin. It's a huge brick, old brick library building. You can't miss it. Um, but Tim is a very experienced guy. He's been living in the area for a long time, and uh, he has some good perspective on the Fat Bike Berkey, the skiing, the trails, and he's raced at a pretty high level for a long time, uh, and he's a good, nice guy. So that's it. So we chat about all that, and uh, I'm going to work on some more audio. <laughs> so enjoy. All right, so I'm here with Tim Swift. He is one of the owners over at Riverbrook, which is a bike shop right here on your way to the race. So as you're going through Hayward at the corner of 63 and Main, Main Street's a big, uh, this is the main drag through downtown Hayward where all the shops and stuff are. You go past this big red-ish brick building on the left-hand side, and that's Riverbrook. Riverbrook. So if you have any questions or need anything right there, I'll have the one of the owners of the other shop in town, New Moon. They're both equally as cool. They're both equally as knowledgeable. And uh, I want to get them both on to give them an opportunity to kind of Share their share a quick story and then get some trail expertise. We tweet or um, Ben Pop is sharing out on the uh, Berkey Facebook page a video we just did. So we're going to talk about air pressure in a little bit because Tim's out there riding all the trails uh, all the time, so he has a really good feel for the the snow. So we'll talk about specific air pressures. We will get to that, but first let's. I want to give Tim a little bit of chance. I want to just give you an idea why he's here because it's the same reason a lot of us are here living in this area. And, uh, then we'll go from there. So is that, is that cool? That's cool. Okay. So Tim, first of all, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Thanks um, for having me. You have an extensive history of bike racing. Like you have a lot of experience in bike racing, skiing, um, just being outdoors. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're a pretty knowledgeable guy when it comes to all this stuff. So I'm, I'm, uh, always anxious to pick your brain on different things because okay. you're you're a smart guy that way um you might be a smart guy all the other ways i'm, I'm just uh, talking about well, this right now that's what um, i do <laughs> yeah all right so let's i, I just want to give people a little bit of history so let's uh two minute three minute history of what brought you to hayward area hayward cable area you kind of live in between but what brought you here why do you live here what what's the whole story well i've been here for 15 years plus now and uh it, just like anybody, the Berkey Trail, I was introduced. I'm a bike cyclist. Like you said, in my background, I've raced my bike my whole life. And I got introduced to Nordic skiing. And my former boss brought me up here to do pre-Berkey one year. Mm-hmm. Two years later, I was buying property and then built a cabin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the uh, it had that much of an effect? Yeah. I really got from professional bike racing, you focused on one thing, yeah. training all the time. And all of a sudden... That's gone. Just switched. Just that's yeah. gone, and all of a sudden you pick up this cross country ski thing. So what did you think that first year? So I, we were just talking before we recorded. Uh, I did the same thing. So we moved in May, got here in May, and then as soon as that the first hints of winter came, we had maybe one or two little snowfalls in sure. November. Yeah. My mind just like, all right, I know that I'm going to be skiing this winter because I live right down the street from the Berkey Trail, you know, and we have hundreds of miles. But when the first snow came, like we were saying, the first week of December and they groomed it up, it was like, all right, this is cool. What was your, and I was just, my mind went from bikes to 
like it was bikes and it just completely switched off. It was like bikes in the garage, skis are in the van, ready to go. Like anytime I, you know, whatever we want to do. Like, did you have that same feeling when you were, when you were first here? I mean, that was. Well, when I was first here, we fortunately had really good snow years. Okay. And, um, biking was definitely put in, uh, in the storage. And back then it wasn't even fat bikes. It right. was like, it was Hey, we're bikes. going riding yeah. on whatever we can. Right. Yeah. Frozen ground, whatever. And so there was no real incentive, but yeah. Oh, I just dedicated myself. It was, it's an addicting sport. It, you have to learn how to, the technique is, is unique because you have to learn how to do it. doesn't matter how fit you are mm-hmm. guys with uh, beer bellies, whatever you want to call it, were flying by me that first event. Yeah. And I go, there's something to this. I got to master it. Right. Or try to get right. close. Yeah. Cause here you are yeah. a totally fit person racing at a really high level on a bike and you get mm-hmm. skis and you're just oh, floundering around getting, getting waxed yeah. by everybody. And I'm like, Oh, so did you just dove in then? I just dove in, dove into a race, didn't know what I was doing, got some skis and did it. And yeah. I would, I, that was the best way to do it because yeah. it's an eye opener and you can tell you get the bug right away. Cause that mm-hmm. trail is like none other. Yeah. yeah. So you did that for quite a while. Yeah. Right? How many Berkeys did you ski? I've skied, gosh, I, I'm not really into how many. I think I've done 15. Okay. And um, I just, I think a lot. Yeah. Well, people <laughs> yeah. like that, they knock that off their list every yeah. year. There was, I know Ernie St. Germain, he's done every one and he's yeah. did this one this year. Nah. Yeah. It's, I didn't grow up here, so I don't have that Nordic culture. Yeah. So I just like doing that. Yeah. Which is definitely a culture. Yeah. Like it's a thing here. It it's, really it's is. It's pretty cool. It, and it's easy to get into and it's great for our kids and yeah. it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. The bike shop. When did you, how long have you owned that place? We've owned the bike shop since 2003. So fif- just about 15 years, 16, going on 16 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from the first time, I mean, back when you were just riding on frozen ground, mm-hmm. let's talk about fat bikes. Cause yeah. I mean, you, Every time I go by the shop, there's fat bikes sitting out there for sale. Correct. Yep. Or to look at to bring mm-hmm. you into the shop, right? Right. Uh, when that happened, let's say the first fat bike Berkey, you've done every fat bike Berkey. Um, mm-hmm. yep. So we'll talk about that. But from that first year, of that fat bike Berkey, what um, did you think it was going to be a thing? Did you, did your mind, because you rode during the winter sometimes, you were like, mm-hmm. man, that is the ticket? Or were you like, man, we'll just wait and see how this goes? Well, it's just like the business, you know, once someone got on them, Mm-hmm. It was, it just, it was fun because mm-hmm. people kind of like getting back on the bike, like getting back on the horse, people get, can ride a bike yeah. and you get on a fat bike. It's so stable. It, you know, almost everybody came back with a smile on their face when they test rode one. Yeah. So I did it and I thought, well, I gave, I've given 15 years to cross country skiing. Now all of a sudden I have an option to bike in the winter. Yeah. So I'm a little different. Whereas I used to hide from snow when I was professionally bike racing mm-hmm go anywhere there was no snow to all of a sudden now I can ride on snow. Yeah. Now you're looking forward to it. Yeah. So you were all in right from the beginning. I was. And people were telling me, no way. It's a ski community up here. And I'm like, you know, let's just see. It's just a fun thing yeah. to do. How did that play with the the different groups? Because I know early on, so listeners, early on there was like a, a, a thing where skiers, cross-country skiers did not like fat bikes at all. And fat bikes, the the conversation was, well, just, it's not that big of a deal. We're not going to like tear everything up. And the skiers are like, no way in hell are you touching yeah. even what, even looking at my trail. Right? right. Meanwhile, the conversation on both sides, they're, they're talking the same language or the same version of the language. They just didn't know it. So on right. one side you have fat bikers. Hey, what's the snow like? What pressure should I be running? Like what, yeah. you know, all these different things, what tread, all these different 
pretty same discussion. On the other side, on the other side, you have skiers like, well, on skinny ski, like, what's the temperature? What what wax should I be using? Like, what what do you think it's gonna be? Like, what you know, all this. It's the same conversation, but it didn't it didn't mix for several years. So, what was the conversation when the first heart? Because you, you have experience in both sides. What was it right. like those early years, the first couple of years? Even the fat bike Berkey, like you're selling these bikes now. Skiers are coming in, looking at you like, what are you doing? Snowbillers too. Well, snowbill. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. There was I mean, all what sorts was the, of groups. What was the discussion like then? Well, we, we just, it's education, education, just like single track and ATVs and, you know, snowmobiles and cross country skiing. They just have to, once they understood what a fat biker really wanted, they didn't really want to be on the Berkey trail and going wide open, which is fun, but they liked the single track. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we, so we decided to form which is now Camba Fat. We said we had a fat bike group. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually had a club. Mm-hmm. And that club talked to all the users like the the ATV or like the snowmobiles, the you know, Berkey, you know, the Berkey got on board right away. And we decided let's start grooming. And as we're talking about as fat biking, we didn't want to be they realized fat bikers want to be in that single track. They really mm-hmm. don't want to be in that open, open space. But then again, the new bikers don't have that ski culture. So they don't know what the Berkey trail is all about. Right. Right. So that's where you're yeah. talking about. That's where it hit that, you know, we had these nice people just going on the Berkey trail, not knowing that they were, you know, on Holy ground of cross country. Yeah. Well, I still have it. People ask me, you know, what the conditions are like, you know, as far as the, I've had a couple conversations offline about what, what it's like mm-hmm. for the fat bike Berkey. And I said, well, Here's a website. Here's the Berkey.com. And here's you click on the grooming report and you can read through what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And all the responses are like, oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, you went to the website to sign up for the bike race and you didn't even know there's a grooming report on it. So right. like they didn't, they're not even aware of yeah, even it's, that. It's so, new. Yeah. It's so new. Fat bike. And that's now. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. That's all up till now. People still, they buy fat bikes and they, they're coming from places there's no snow. Yeah. So they have no idea what, you know, we riding on dirt, we riding on snow. Like last year, you know, last year is one of the cases that you still can have an event. Mm-hmm. It's a little sketchy because the ice, and that wasn't very fun, but this year it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. So how long, like, when did it switch? When did it switch from like, except, or the, you know, you start the camp of fat and mm-hmm. cause now we have a, uh, some ski trails over by the ho- the hospital. We call them they're called the Hosta trails, and we have a new part of new section of single track, Canva single track. Yep. And the discussion for that was, "Hey Hosta, can you groom the fat bike trails?" And they came back and said, "Yeah, no problem." So there was absolutely no thing. There's no. So when right. when did that switch? Was it like a few years ago, or is it as soon as you did the Canva Fat and started talking to people? Well, How does that all work? I think it's evolved the last couple of years with Canva Fat, educating all these other uh, trailheads what we what the mission really is, and when they see that it's uh, sustainable to groom a trail and it's we'll get more users. That's the whole idea of it, getting people outside, and it's just yeah. not cross cut. You know, just not uh, classic or whatever. They started grooming. And building more trails, so they realize there's no real issue. Yeah. As long as we know where to ride and where, where right. not to. Yeah. So the fat bike Berkey. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. because you're uh, might not, you're not racing this year. You've been yeah, sick. unfortunately, pneumonia and all kinds of other stuff. Yep. But you've done it five years. Yep. Which is there's not a ton of people who have done it all years. I don't think there's a handful because there's only 200 the first year. Can right. Only be so many. Uh, what have you learned? So people are listening to this and they want to know some specifics. So let's yes. just cut to the chase and talk some specific, sure. uh, tire pressure, bike setup, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So we'll, 
the first year, what I want, I want to know. I'm curious what you rolled that first year. Were the, you just on some white one of the white Pugsley? With well, like no, I actually upgraded. Larry that. And, I had a I had a nine zero seven. Okay, big nine zero seven. That's at that time we couldn't. We we're a salsa dealer, but they were out of everybody's out of bikes. Trek wasn't into the into yeah. the game yet, and so I had a nine zero seven. You know, it's a it was a four inch tire bike, and we started in Telemark. And I yeah, I, I can't remember. I think there was. Maybe 200 people. Yep. That's what Ben said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just, the gun went off and we're like going down the Berkey trail and it was pretty interesting because the tire, we don't, tires, we didn't really know a lot about pressure because that was the first time we're on this big wide open Autobahn of a groom trail. And Steve, yeah, cause you couldn't ride it otherwise no, legally. It, I mean, there's probably some people out there, but who knows? But yeah, I mean, for most people throughout the entire Midwest, it was totally new. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a fairly good good distance too that you could you know things change halfway through the race yeah, so yeah. a lot of us were getting off or letting air out of their tires and you know vice versa it was just kind of it was fun but we just mm-hmm. we didn't really know what we're getting into and we're crashing all over the place and it was, it was pretty interesting and in how it's now evolved yeah so from the uh bike shop perspective did you have that first year did you have a lot of people coming in just asking questions like what is this like what am i supposed to do like, well, what was the common question back then for you? They'd come in there. Well, the common question, because you can't ride on, again, the unknown of riding on, usually with biking, you can pre-ride, you mm-hmm. can reconcord, like fat, like the Schwamigan uh, 40. Yeah, yeah. You, you can ride it all year, mm-hmm. you know, all summer. So mm-hmm. you don't, there's no real mystery. But the Berkey Trail, we literally had people crashing, hitting their head the day before because it was glazing over because there was mist uh, we had yeah, snow yeah, yeah. but people are like oh my god i need studs or i need and i just said calm down there's grooming involved here. yeah 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 and that night the next day total different you know we can get into that too total yep. different course the yep. next day you don't need studs so you know that's the issue is the weather can change very quick mm-hmm so the second year, let's talk about the second yeah. and third years because then it grew right. up. It went from 200 people to 500 people. Like how did that play out uh, bike shop wise and just for you? Like what did you show up with the next, were you more prepared yeah, the next definitely year? more prepared how to get that carbon bike, you know, you have to have the best. <laughs> and, um, the yeah, lightest. you don't mess around. You're, yeah. yeah. Any edge, you're getting older, any edge. Yeah, 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 yeah. That next year, the technology of, you know, like I said, carbon salsa had a really good uh, bike. Bear Grease was kind of the the bike to have, mm-hmm. and we were fortunate because, like this year, there was a lot of snow and it got to be single digits at night. And when we woke up, it was probably ten fifteen degrees, and you can actually run some higher pressure. Yeah, and we got lucky that whole race; it stayed fifteen degrees and sunny. Yeah, so it was a Perfect. fast yeah, double yeah. O and back. You got into Telemark, and it's like done. There was no you know, sketchiness. And that was probably the second year was probably the fat, the best year to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. This year, that's how you learn the pressure. Oh yeah. And and you spent a lot of time just on the single tracks. So you picked that up pretty quickly. Correct. You know, the temperature, you know, snow temperature from, it really changes like at 20 degrees is when you're, cause mm-hmm. if the sun's on it's 20 degrees, it starts yeah. to break down a little bit, but, uh, Okay, so we're going into it. We Ben and I were just talking about all the snow, and you said we've had a pretty good snow snow year. A lot of cold snow the first two months, mm-hmm. so there wasn't oh. much of a good base to pull. It was pretty horrible, actually. Mm-hmm. It's fluffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had anywhere on course that Ben's telling me anywhere they had twelve inches, kind of maybe towards where you live. I don't know how much you had at your place. Yeah, we yeah the last this last week. Yeah, yeah we've had 
I think because we had like nine, ago? probably nine at our house down here in Hayward. Yeah, so. this was unusual because the further south they had better snow this time. The, yeah, the, it was north wasn't as much, and it's really spotty. So cable had mm-hmm. like five or six inches down here at like nine mid course. Ben said there was parts that got like ten to twelve. Right about that. Um, yeah. So they did. They have been grooming, and like Ben said, they've been plowing snow off the trail to like make sure everything's firm and good. Mm-hmm. But okay, so let's just play it out here. So we have. Roughly 30 degrees today, 30 degrees tomorrow, but at night it's going to be, what, 8 to 10 degrees? Yeah, single digits, sure. So what are we looking at for race day conditions in the morning? So in your experience, all mm-hmm. these years you've been doing this, we have, they've been pushing snow off. It's going to be nice and sunny, I think, today and tomorrow. Yep. So pressure-wise, should people be worried? Like, what's what are we looking at for course conditions on Saturday morning? Well, like you said, the the... the cold is one thing but the sun angle now it's yeah, so it's, all it really does need to do is take that upper layer of, of you just need one or two inches of really you know wet soft snow to really make it yeah oh yeah, you're, yeah you're not you're you know your treads only so deep and studs aren't going to help in the snow yep um so i think it depends you know the really on how cold it gets and this year um with my experience doing it you know I would just be getting up in the morning and seeing how cold it did get. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go for the finish because how long you're going to be out there coming back to a finish after a couple hours, the temperatures could be well into the twenties and sun be beaten down. And that's when the race, I wouldn't say is going to be one for the leaders. It'll be one, but for the majority of the riders, that's where it's going to turn, start to turn miserable. If you're, because you're getting tired, yeah. you're at your 40 K mark and you're wanting to finish and it's starting to get greasy and slippery and yeah. So, I think it's supposed to be a high of like 35 on Saturday, Yeah, but that won't hit to like two. But if you, it starts at nine, I think the long one starts at nine. Right. So if you're going to be out there three, four, I don't know how long the last people, but yeah, the, plan on being warm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the pressure is going to be key. I'd rather start off with lower pressure to start. It's not really going to slow you down that much. You'll float on the snow, but you'll be riding into that, Yeah. into that. So if you have lower pressure and you can always take some out. But so no. what, um, how much, what, what would you start with? You're a normal size person. Normal you know, size I, cyclist. I, being from a road background, I, I always fight the low, low pressure. It just something in me. I would, I would start at probably to finish strong. I would start at six, six okay. pounds. Okay. Seems low, doesn't it? It seems low, but not too low. Yeah. I mean, if you're 250 pounds, you might not want to start there, but Hey, right. The size, you know, the, how long you're going to be out there too is, you know, the guys winning our seem to be lighter and they're out there quicker you know they can yeah they'll be done before it even warms up right so they'll be floating on that yeah, so yeah. um yeah i would say the mid single digits in the in the uh air pressure is is going to be key yeah yeah do you have a bike shop do you have any specials or sales or anything like um, i, I want to give people a reason to stop in there so we get the trying to give you a little well, that's, here. that's good. I appreciate that. Ben. Yeah. But, um, this year talking about the business, yeah. I won't get too long winded. We no, that's so fine. I'm, I'm good. We are talking about the third and fourth, uh, fat bike Berkey's yeah, yeah. and now we're, we're at the, at the point where we've had snow and we have a lot of people that have fat bikes. So this year, what we saw on the swing is skiing was phenomenal. Fat bikes kind of leveled off and skiing came back to, you know, people wanted to do it cause we had good snow. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have good sales on fat bikes. <laughs> okay. That re- correlates into, you gotcha. know, we, we do have some bikes that are really hot sellers that are selling a little bit slower because of that. Mm-hmm. But th- it seems like for the Midwest, this is the time people kind of buy, they ride them into the summer, mm-hmm. you know, they ride because mud season. It's the only thing you can really do. Yeah. 
So and we have that here, like gravel, like gravel kind of double track, random roads and stuff is like it's good for that. That's why I built up my my mm-hmm. El Mariachi is a fat ish. I'm calling it the fat mullet. Yeah, because it's a different size wheel, but. It's good because if it's really hard, I can just go out the hospital trail and kind of ride around that single track and then, you know, go. If it's really hard, it's not a big deal. But then the next two months are going to be pretty shitty. Yeah. So like going out and all the ice and all the random stuff will be a good. Right. Yeah. So what do you what are you riding these days? Like what's your new. So you start at this 907 aluminum right. aluminum 907. You go to the carbon. Yep. And then so and then, o- over the years, I on the Trek Farley, they've. uh the big companies, Trek Specialized, they've really put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into the yeah. technology and Trek kind of hit a home run with different wheel sizes and uh, versatility. Mm-hmm. People can, you know, do a plus bike in the summer, ride it all summer, put the fat fatties on in the winter and have one bike. Mm-hmm. And I think people like the bang for the buck that way. Yeah. So that's what I ride now. And it with 27.5 wheel diameter with four and a half inch tires that's the tire you're going to use this weekend. You don't need studs. You want light. You're going to have to have a little bit of knob, but it's all about lightness and how floating on the snow. Gotcha. You don't really need the, Do you like those big, the 27.5? Yeah. Four, you like that? There's some contact both ways. I mean, yeah. it's just like that 29er theory. Yeah. There's some, you know, you don't really need the five. Well, I wouldn't say need it, but the five gets so wide and yeah. floppy. Whereas mm-hmm. if you can gain some, you know, some distance on the, the longer part of the uh, footprint of a 27.5 on a fat bike, you actually go over things. You're not even underneath. It's not, you know, it's not flat, but when you're, when you're riding on groomed single track, it's, it looks flat, but you're pushing into some stuff that's off camber. And if you can stay on top of that by gaining two points, Mm -hmm. it's just the little things and they roll. Yeah. Especially for big guys. You know, that's what they tell me. I mean, I had, I tried my, um, fat bike and the this other bike called a stash it's a 29 yep. plus yep. and they roll so fast yep it's amazing the uh i remember talking to i had travis brown on this probably four years ago already uh just an interview and we were talking off air and i was he was i think it was maybe the same year he prototype he was out at the fat bike berkey there's a picture of him i, I should dig that up somewhere and nobody really said a whole lot, but he was prototyping the 27.5 by whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And you could see it. If you look at the picture, it's like, man, that looks odd. And nobody yeah. really said anything. And he was actually trying trying that platform out. And he said, he told me offline that um, it's out of everything he's ridden so far, he's like, that's that's the way to go. Yeah, Like that is like, if you're looking for like the kind of all around do what you got to do uh, platform for fat biking, um, He's like, this is as far as I'm concerned. This is what I want to ride. I don't know what he's doing now, but that's what he told me then. Yeah. And then you saw a trek two years later. You know, the yeah, last couple of years that's come changed, out with all that was the game changer, and that's been so, the last couple of years of the sales yeah. is that versatility. And if you watch the Fat Bike Berkey last year, um, Cole House had a GoPro on, and he was right behind Travis of all people. You said, yeah. and he was on that same bike. Yeah, and we're half on dirt, half on ice, half on snow. Yeah, and he did pretty good. Yeah. You know, and that's what I like about having Trek and Travis. He he's out there just doing it and yeah. telling you exactly. He's a smart what it guy. Is. He's a yeah. nice guy. I, I like talking to that guy. Yeah, but yeah. So I I thought that was interesting. I when he said that, I was like, huh. I just I didn't say anything. I'm like, huh. Interesting. We'll see how it goes. And yeah, I mean, he, he's not afraid to tell you what he's nah, what he feels and nah. right or wrong. And he he does it. And I feel it as a a dealer that 
that's that was everybody came back saying that same thing we didn't tell him his story we just told him the story of versatility and you know like it kind of looked like a little bit of a tractor tear yeah because you know? yeah. for you like i said you're not, i mean you're not a huge guy so whereas i'm i don't know i'm a little bit bigger than you so i push a little bit more watts taller you know? yeah taller, yeah bigger so bike. i mean I mean, for me, but for you to say that, to say, hey, this 27.5 by 4. Point, what is it, 4.5? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for you, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's no, because um, even in single track, in groom single track, we, we kind of, we don't really follow a lot of the single track because some of it's too tight and it's right. not, you can't even ride it. Right. It just, it, it doesn't flow. Right. So you're really not doing anything super tight like you do on the dirt. Right. You're kind of all, even our single guys do such a good do- job grooming. Even the uh, ha- um, hatchery trails, that's the best out and back that's been this year. It's yeah. close to town. People can get at it and it's groomed well and it flows. Yeah. So you're not really looking for acceleration or because you're just looking for, you know, sustaining flow. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite parts of the trail. Some yeah. people complain it's too rocky and stuff, and I just don't. I don't. Well, I they like they it. forget how what we used to ride on. I know. Whatever. So soon it's, we forget. You know? I know. It's like it's that's mountain biking. It's yeah. cool. It's manicured. Um, you know, yeah, there's certain know, manicured trails. But yeah. Well, cool. So I thank you for the time. Yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, what's the website? Is it Riverbrook.com? Riverbike.com. Riverbrookbike. Throw the bike on the back. People forget that, and then you're on the website. There yeah. you go. And if you're coming through town and you're heading to the race. It is as you get into Hayward, Highway 63 and Main Street. So you'll go, there's one big stoplight, the Moccasin Bar is on your left. I know most of you that are coming through there will probably be like, hey, look at there's a Moccasin Bar. <laughs> the next street down, there's a big brick, what was it, old school? Old Carnegie or Library. Library, that's yeah. what it was. Big brick um, library. Yeah, it was, the old time picture is pretty cool. But look for that, and that's Riverbrook. So you stop in there, you're going to be there, you're going to be there all weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we actually, to, to <laughs> note, we do have a little extension in cable now. Oh, that's right. Ta- yeah, yeah. That. talk about that. So well, we, yeah, we just yeah, did a pop-up store in the eatery. Um, it seems like a lot of people go up there and we know the owners and they wanted to have something, you know, because all their customers pretty much bike ski. Yeah, yeah. They're all outdoor enthusiasts. Yep. So we have a, we opened that up three months ago and we'll be up there too uh, for the night hours when the restaurant's open. Cool. Yeah. So the Rivers Eatery is a good place in Cable, everyone, uh, if you want. You have all kinds of stuff, pizza and beer. If I were going there, I would just get pizza and beer. That's what I'm going to be doing tonight. Um, <laughs> yep, they have live music. Yeah, live music. Uh, and uh, But it's right in there. Mm-hmm. And what are the hours for that? So if anybody's like, a lot of people are going to be staying up there. So yep. if anybody's in dire need of something, just run over there. What, right. um, what are the hours going to be? Like tonight, five to eight. Well, we call it close. It's usually five to whenever now. Okay. And just we have the restaurant hours and we'll be there tonight. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, and okay. salsa and forty five north will be camped out there too because they like oh, beer, okay. they like beer and pizza. Huh. Awesome. Yeah. So Kurt, I'll be seeing Kurt, and he's coming through pretty soon. Yep. Uh, so that's it. So Thanks, thank you very much for the time, listeners. If you have any questions or whatever, just go over to riverbrookbike.com or stop in the shop and uh, just ask for Tim because he's not going to be busy enough. <laughs> just walk in there and say, "Hey, I heard you." Uh, but that's it. Yeah, so thank you.